You know, we were yeah. in uh, Canada when uh, Scotty Too Hotty did the worm the first time, and Ron thought he was screwing up the match, and Ron put the boots <laughs> to him and damn near killed the worm. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. I hope you have had a few minutes to recover from the madness that has been WrestleMania weekend to help in your recovery. Of course, by my side, as always, the voice of NXT 2.0, Vic Joseph. Vic, we've got a very special WrestleMania week Hall of Fame edition of ATB with some very special guests. We do. I love the guests that are coming up. I'm sure we'll get into it with JBL. He always tries to switch my diet up, which I'm sure we can talk about that. So I always try to make me eat hamburgers and steaks and all this fatty food. I mean, I'm sitting next to you and I can see through you. I can't disagree with That's JBL. That's not very nice. I try to keep a nice figure to keep these slim clothes on the back of my body. But that being said, we can move on. I want to talk about you for a second. You're getting married. I don't want to talk about me. You're getting married. I'm getting married in like 24 hours. But we're not here to talk about me. Stop. Vic, stop, stop. It's a beautiful moment. Thank God I've got reinforcements a a mere three feet away from me across the table. Your wife to be here? Vic, you're fired. Legitimately. You've been trying to fire me for 57 weeks at this point. APA for 45 seconds. Why didn't you do it? Because I I hate you. We got a pair of Hall of Famers here and you're here around. I hate you with every fiber of my being. Please welcome to After the Bell, Ron Simmons, JBL, the APA. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. Happy to be with you guys, all one and a half of you. (laughs) (laughs) He said you guys, by the way, so he is happy to see me. And and besides that, right, you've got to pay for the protection, though. We just want That's to true. Yeah, it's yeah. not voluntary. No, no, no. no. I'm going to hit the ATM real quick. Yeah, as soon as we yeah, finish yeah, this we interview, we'll settle up. Let you know. Right? <laughs> hey, hey, house was a little light tonight. I'll get you next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This is WrestleMania. Obviously, you both have had countless WrestleMania moments and experiences throughout your career. Is it still as much fun as it used to be? And did you ever see WrestleMania growing to the magnitude that it has now? Two nights in AT&T Stadium. Oh, well, listen, I don't care what anyone tells you that has been in this business as a performer, right? This is the Super Bowl of what we do, okay? It never gets lightened, no matter how many years go by, how many years have passed, and even in the future to come, this is it. The excitement is the same. All of it, the build-up, brother, 
and all of the hype, it's well worth it. And being and participating in it, it just exceeds everything when you have been in this business and and your expectations. And when you actually get in that ring at WrestleMania, it's an unbelievable moment. Yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to believe what it's become. You know, it really is a Super Bowl. It's a week-long event here now. You have two shows. Uh, you have NXT. You have the Hall of Fame. You got fan access. I mean, this is a, this brings a massive amounts, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to the town that hosts WrestleMania. It's incredible. It's gotten to the point now where cities actually bid on hosting WrestleMania, much like the Super Bowl. And a lot of cities have used WrestleMania as something of a test run either a year or two before the Super Bowl comes to town to sort of to make sure they have the, the capabilities to host so many people coming from all over the globe. I think that's a great point that John brings up because I think that one thing that always gets overlooked every year for the last 15 years or so is the economic impact that the WWE brings to not only that the region, hotels, food, tax dollars, that all goes right back into the city. I mean, it, it's reached a whole new level. Oh, yeah. Well, and John can attest to this, maybe a little bit more with myself, but I can recall at, at times when in, at some points in this business where people still had their skepticism about it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And as it grew on, right, and you could start to see like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? There are people of all walks of life started to come in and started to look at it and then maybe not liking what we did in the ring but definitely liking the economic impact that it would have on the cities right talk to us a little bit more about that though because you guys both were around with when the skeptics were rampant and and sports entertainment or pro wrestling whatever you refer to it as was sort of looked down upon it was it was a, a lowbrow form of entertainment to a lot of people but now here we are two nights at AT&T Stadium cities are bidding on Wrestlemania because of the economic impact what is has it been like for you guys to to be part of this journey and watch the business evolve to the level that it has i started uh, right near here at katie's and industrial the sportatorium mm -hmm. you know so this to me all of a sudden we're in we're in cowboy stadium so i grew up a cowboy fan growing up in west texas because before espn before you have proliferation of cable channels you only got a few channels so all we got was the dallas cowboys i grew up with roger stallback and tony dorsett and bob Lilly and the, all those great guys from too tall and harvey and you name it i can still remember the roster but to be in cowboy stadium you know, we used to try to run reunion, and we did when the Von Ericks and Freebirds were hot, mm -hmm. but we couldn't run stadiums like this. And I remember the first time that we got our results in the Dallas Morning News from wrestling. People raised hell about it. You know, you still really? had guys like Jim Stossel trying to, or John Stossel trying to expose the business before he got the slapped out of him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, was. <laughs> now, no, now nobody cares. Now nobody's like, hey, the business is what it is. And it's just entertainment, and people enjoy it. Yeah, and, and you know the amazing thing about it, if you had asked any of them, right, and let's go back maybe 30, 35 years or so ago, that they'd ever think that this would get to this magnitude, brother, they would have said, hell no, okay, because they always tried to find ways to poke holes in it mm -hmm. and see through it and all of these things, you know, right, but yet you'll be, they'll be the first ones to want to ask you for a free ticket. <laughs> That's right. Every time. Yeah. Funny how that one works out, right? Yeah. You got cousins and brothers that come on. Yeah. You know, well, I know you from what? Oh, you can I get two tickets to WrestleMania? Yeah, right. I always love when you sit by somebody and play. Yeah. You know, I don't watch that stuff. Yeah. And then they start asking you questions. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, the Hulk Hogan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's he like? Yeah. yeah. Is that so mustache like, real? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you've uh, wrestled The Undertaker, huh? Right. Yeah. So you know them all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ron, you actually helped me with my next segue. Obviously, tomorrow night, WWE Hall of Fame, of which you are both members currently. 
tomorrow night we'll see the induction of a, of a man who is very close to both of you personally and professionally, The Undertaker's finally taking his place in the WWE Hall of Fame. Talk to me a little bit about what Taker has meant to both of your careers through the duration. Oh, man, look, I, I remember him, you know, followed him and saw him when he was coming in, you know, somewhat getting started, mm -hmm. you know. Mean Mark, all through different changes and everything. But, you know, here's the thing that they, that I have the most admiration for him. I have been around a lot of athletes, and I've done a lot of things myself that relied on you being a man, so to speak, okay? I've never seen him once complain, bitch, about doing something in the ring or for someone. That's a quality, man, that I really place high on when I look at you and evaluate you as a man. That's the best quality of him that I have followed through with him over the years. And now, speaking of him in the ring, brother, second to none. Mm -hmm. It has been an absolute joy to work with him because he's that guy that everyone wanted to get in and have a run with, right, okay? Right. And I don't care what anybody <laughs> says, okay? They want to get in the ring with Undertaker. You know, and not to take away from any other Hall of Fame class or members, but there are certain guys in Hall of Fames that are pillars and cornerstones of the business. You know, Ron is a pillar and a cornerstone of the business. You know, the first black heavyweight champion. Sure. Bruno Sammartino was a corner, a pillar stone, uh, a pillar, a cornerstone of the business. Undertaker falls in that category as well. You know, there are certain guys that – you know, are your guys that you look at the Hall of Fame, when you go to the Hall of Fame, everybody there is important. Everybody there has had a sure. wonderful career. But certain times in the Hall of Fame, when you when you go to a, a Hall of Fame, you go, I want to see Babe Ruth. You know, mm -hmm, Undertaker mm -hmm. is is like that. You know, when you, there's this Hall of Fame, but then there's a level above that, and that's where guys like Ron and, and Taker belong. You know, the one thing that sticks out to me, and I haven't, I haven't been around, even you, Corey, I haven't been around the Undertaker as much, but when he's come down to NXT, he doesn't shy away from, let me he, talk he to like you. He doesn't like you at all. In oh, fact, he, he, he throw, he, he, Stop throwing rumors out there. So there's one oh, yeah. guy. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, You're the him. only guy I've ever seen Taker in 30-something years don't like. And, they, <laughs> Come on, and he actually hates oh, you. I mean, he hates you. That. He hates you. <laughs> but I, I, I do, well, I guess he actually never has actually spoken to me. I, I can throw that I out I don't there. blame him. But he's come down and has been a wealth of knowledge. Uh, Happy Corbin was on just a few weeks ago on here in ATB, and it was like, you can ask him anything. He doesn't walk away. Oh, yeah. He's willing to give you advice. You just have to ask him. And I think that's a huge quality. You know, too. this is kind of like Byron Saxton. Okay? Oh, my God. And, and here's the and here's, – and here's, You can't here's, compare me to Byron Saxton. Here's the thing. I'm going to agree with you. It can't be that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Exactly. Thank you. It can't be. So, Byron was uh, – I'm going to have to agree okay, with you. Right. Right. You're right. You're right. You're not as bad. It's impossible. Right. You're right. That, right. that, that is an I about had a, I, Now, I mean, that one is impossible. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't. <laughs> I'd see Brian. You, you can't. <laughs> oh, that was an insult. I'm going to have to make the save for you. Thank you. I, you, you can't be. Yeah. Thank you. I, I want to bring Ooh. up another name going into the Hall of Fame this year. And, Ron, we mentioned you being the first yeah. black world heavyweight champion, the man you defeated in WCW, Vader, finally entering the Hall yeah. of Fame. What are some of your, your memories of working with Vader and, and leading up to that moment that still lives on in history? Oh, yeah, love working with him, man, okay? And John can tell you this, a phenomenal athlete to be as a big man, right. 400 pounds, brother. He, he, you know, he had the, you know, that athletic ability like Yoko Zono, okay? Okay. Big guy that could move, you know. You, you'd never imagine a guy that big moving like that. Mm -hmm. And the best thing about him, he had to sing at some of those qualities that The Undertaker did, right? He didn't mind doing what it took in the ring, man, in order to make the thing, the job look real. That's what I like about him, 
Okay, he worked the, the style that John and I love to work. And, and to tell you how much uh, respect I have for, for Vader, his last pay-per-view, he asked to work with me. You know, really? he, he, he mm. loved Ron. He loved the APA. He wrote with me some. He always liked me, kind of considered me an understudy or, or whatever it was. But he told me that day, he said, I asked to work with you. And he said, today you're going to get the old Vader. He said, I'm going to come out smoking. And he was as stiff as you could possibly be. <laughs> I, I think he meant but, it as a compliment, yeah, but it, it probably wasn't exciting no, for no, you. <laughs> but, and he told me, he said, when you beat somebody today, you're going to beat somebody important. He said, because right. I'm going to have you beat the old Vader, He's gonna, and I'm going to have you kick out of my finish. He wow. goes, that's going to be the last thing people see. You're going to kick out of my finish, and you're going to hit me with yours and go over. And he did that for me on his way out. That was really, really wow. cool for Leon to do that. Yeah, great guy to work with, man, and, and, and phenomenal. And I have to oh, say yeah. this, okay, athletic ability, mm -hmm. okay, because when he and I had that match and when I became world champion, right, Never would have been able to go over it the way it did had not Leon wanted to get in there and do business, okay? It takes two to get in there and do business, and he did it the right way, okay? If you're going to have these matches of that kind of importance, brother, get in there and beat each other up, okay? Oh, yeah. Right, and I mean literally, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And he did, and my hat's off to him. Before, I still think it. Before his shoulders got bad, Leon could get a walk on his hands 50 feet, Really? Oh, yeah, at 400-something pounds. When Brad Ryan first brought him in to train him, who trained me also and trained Brock and a great, great trainer out of Minnesota, he asked Leon, he goes, what can you do that's impressive? And Leon walked across the gym on his hands. He did it for Briscoe one time, too. Great he was a He yes. was he was Unreal. an amazing athlete. Yes. That's that's unbelievable. Yes. And speaking of that match, Ron, I just watched the clip back uh, semi-recently, and I know you talked about it on Stone Cold's podcast. In hindsight now, you were the first black world heavyweight champion. Now here we are, 2022. We've had a, a litany of black world champions. We've had uh, black superstars main event WrestleMania. Right. At the time, did you realize the significance of what was happening? And, and how often do you think back, man, uh, do you think of yourself as a trailblazer no, man, in any way? Ne never would have, ne no thoughts of that, you know, entered my mind, okay? At, at that moment, because like, like I've said, I was aspiring to just become world champion. Sure. You know, like John, like all of us, you know? Yeah. That's what we want to do, man. That, that's when you first enter into this business, you vision yourself wearing that belt. Okay? Sure, sure. All of us. Everybody. Everyone that has gotten in this business, man, when the, from the time they got in that ring, that's the, they've always seen themselves one day wearing one of the belts, no mm -hmm. matter what it is, okay? Because it symbolizes where you, what you've come from and where you've gotten, you know? I wouldn't have never dreamed in a million years that it would have had the impact that it has had through all, not only just, like I've said, on black young men and women, but men, people of all colors, mm -hmm. you know? Because when you, like I said, when you watch that match and then you watch the, the pop-up of the crowd, man, hell, I think I'm looking out there, you know, it's more white people jumping than black, oh, you know, sure. because I think they understood the impact of it, right, and was wanting to see this change take place, you know. And so, for me, it has the, the most thing that I treasure the most, man, is like I said, still receiving those letters, man, with men now mm -hmm. that have kids of their own and tell me how much that impacted their lives and say thank you. Hey, bro, hey. It's unbelievable. That's, that's truly awesome. You know, during that time, Teddy Long said, uh, this wasn't uh, black history, this was history. And right. I, I recorded that quote since, and people kind of misunderstood it. It was black history. It was wonderful black history. But it was more important also in that it was just history. 
You know, because mm-hmm. to break barriers, like Jackie Robinson didn't break the barrier just because he was as good of people on the other side of that barrier. He broke that barrier because he was better. To break a barrier, you have to be better than what's on the other side, not equal to what's on the other side. That's why guys like Ron and Jackie Robinson, Teddy Rhodes in, in golf, and, and Jack Johnson, these guys who broke barriers, mm-hmm. that's why it's so important to all of history, to black history, absolutely, but it's important to history that this happens. That's why these guys are the, are the pillars of the sports that, that are built upon them. Well said, man, you know, because, you know, and, and as, as much as the impact that it had on, you know, for young black men, mm-hmm. okay, because I'm a black man, of course, you know, right. And the impact it had on there, but you've got to, if you want society to be better, the impact has got to be for all people. You understand me? If you want to, you got to be inclusive in this thing, man, you know? Right. So I I couldn't have asked for a better stage for it to happen at a better moment. And I'm proud to wear this title. Okay. That's what I'm, I'm willing to wear this. Like you hear guys say, Hey, I don't want to be a role model for somebody. I didn't ask to be that. Hey, Hey, Oh no, I do. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I'm comfortable with that. Great. All right. right. No, that fits me. I have no problem with it. Okay, and I'm extremely proud of it. Well, there's that old saying too. It's not the title that makes the man; it's the man that makes definitely the makes title. The man makes you the know, championship. As well, so it takes broad shoulders to to carry any company in this business for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. While we're taking this fun little trip down memory lane, it's a very busy Hall of Fame year. I want to ask you guys both about the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, one of the most dominant tag teams. And from the looks on oh. your faces, I know this is an audio <laughs> podcast, but I feel like we might have just might have just struck oil here in the deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me a little bit, <laughs> within reason, for public consumption, some of your favorite well, memories. Well, even if it's it, not, it, just for our it, consumption, it, it, we can edit it out. <laughs> yeah, right? And from the few so, stories so I've heard, those are, do that, yeah. right? <laughs> those are hard to come by. Yeah. <laughs> how are we going to put that Anyway, within, else, uh, who else is going to Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we just skip over? <laughs> Those guys, if you watch their old matches like with oh. the Hawk and uh, Hiroshi Hase and those guys, Suzuki and those guys, yeah, my God, man, oh. those Steiners were, they were on a different planet. Yeah, I mean, sure. a different planet. They were so good. Totally. I mean, I remember guys in Texas trying to find their videos just so we could steal their moves, which we couldn't do because we weren't the Steiners. You mean you didn't figure out the Frankensteiner? Uh, uh, oh, my God. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I couldn't figure out his other suplexes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Butch and I had the good fortune, man, of working with them. Right, okay? I remember that vividly. I, I would and I would absolutely walk in the building and would hope that, I, that we all working with them, okay? We had the best matches, man, that we've had during our run mm-hmm. at WCW, right? Because they worked the same style that John and I worked all the time we were together, right? okay? Right. Athletic guys, man, never, like I said, Never got in and complained about it if you want to do something to them. Never bitch about anything. Worked just like we like to work. And then, but here's the thing, though, that they had to say, well, look, Scotty, well, look, you know, maybe we won't just do two Frankensteiners in there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one is enough, right? <laughs> yeah, but no. Phenomenal athletes, man. Great, great guys. Great to work with. You know, we had fantastic matches. With. And, and overgrown kids. Oh, they, yeah. I mean, they were mischievous uh, as they could be uh, in a fun way. Yeah. I mean, they were they were something else. Yeah. They were terrorists. Yeah. Legendary rivers. Oh, legendary. Heard. Oh, yeah. They were got <laughs> Never a dull yet. moment in the locker room. <laughs> you know, NXT, and I, I mean that with great love yeah. and respect. They, sure. were all, they were awesome. They'd be around. Yeah, in NXT, I get, you know, Braun Breaker, Rick's son, and 
he's as humble as they could be. And I always think, oh, there's no way. You know, because you've always heard the stories. He walks around, yes, sir, no, sir, walking around. I saw around Rick and, and Scott. And I mean, they're, they're just not just nice, good old country boys, you know, but they, they will. Just badass. Oh, oh my yeah. God. They make you work for it. Oh, yeah. this building. For sure. Yeah. You and okay. I would be scary. Wasn't Rick Steiner was like a superintendent. He was on a school board. Oh, yeah. At, he is at now. one point. It's kind of like, yeah. wait a minute. I would have probably gotten better grades. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, I might have, actually. <laughs> just, that's out of, the out of Steiner fear. math, to me, is still the greatest promo <laughs> in the history of the world. When he had a third at 25%, all of a sudden he ends up with 66%. You're like, <laughs> I have no idea what he just said, but it's the greatest promo ever. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. My village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. In the past few months, basically the last year, particularly on Monday Night Raw, but also on SmackDown, the tag team division has experienced a resurgence. Here we are headed into WrestleMania weekend, and the tag team matches, both sets of championships are focal points. You've got RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Riddle. Talk to me a little bit about what it took for you guys to gel and, and the chemistry you had to create to become a legendary tag team. Because obviously we know it doesn't happen overnight. What lent itself to you guys bonding and, and making the acolytes and then what became the APA so relatable and believable that you guys came through the screen like you did. There was a, a commonality among, I think teams that, that do really well. You know, I think Hawk and animal were probably the exception. You know, I think they had a commonality when they started. They're both these great big guys, you know, who just were full of uh, freaking, uh, this piss and vinegar that, mm -hmm. you know, to, when they come into the ring, that incredible uh, ovation they would get. And, you know, they end up, you know, on different ends of friendship from each other, you know. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, very rare 
uh, in a tag team division. Most of the time you see people like Edge and Christian or like the Hardys, like the Steiners, like the Briscoes. You know, some are brothers, some are just good friends. Me and Ron were just good friends. And so there wasn't a, a meshing of, hey, how are we going to have synergy together? We already had that. We, we rode together. So you guys rode together prior to being an official tag team, or did that kind of come for with years? Yeah. 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 We oh, rode together. We were together all the time. That's why they put us together. Okay. They put us together because we already were together. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. So it wasn't like, hey, what are we going to do? It's like, hey, well, John and Ron, are, they're together anyway. Let's just put them as a tag team. It, that's how it happened. Right. And, and also, I think they saw both similar backgrounds when it came, you know, being athletes, right? Mm -hmm. Football, college football, you know, some professional football involved in that, right? Out of the ring habits, somewhat the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we won't name all of them. No. Okay, right. And here's the thing, though, man, about this. Some guys, when you're talking about tag teams, mm -hmm. okay, have you and people that have been in tag teams can tell you this, right? Sometimes you're with a, a tag partner that has the abilities to to go through the match and make it a relatively good match, right? But when it's a rare thing when you are instantly put with someone and you can feel that this is going to be a perfect fit as far as I'm concerned, and for both of us. And that was the way it felt when, when we, when we from were From early on, from, from oh, jumpstart. Right away. It was an instant thing to feel in a tag division. I've been with Butch, right? Butch was a great tag partner, right? And we had a lot of success at it, right? It was a work in order to develop it. With okay, he and yeah, I, yeah. Right? It was an instant thing when John and I come together, all right? That's how it felt. Was there any questions in your guys' mind? You know, because, I mean, we've been in the car and, and traveled together, but was there any time where you're like, oh, maybe we just want to stay friends in the car. We don't want to work together. We don't want those emotions to cross. We don't want to have arguments or anything like that. No, I never went. No, it never got to that point. You know, no, I don't recall ever that we had no, to. No, and, and when they know? pitched the idea to us, I mean, goodness, Ron, Ron's an icon of the business. He was at that time. Right. I mean, for me to tag team with Ron was, I mean, what a great honor that is uh, for me you know, trying to make my way into the business, but we were also best friends at that mm -hmm. time. You know, so it's like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Now, 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 now we don't have to wait on the other guy to finish the match. Right. <laughs> so we're going somewhere. Because we're, we're in the ring you guys together. Have both done the same segment. Get out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. We were in, we're, 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 we were somewhere in the tent towns up in Massachusetts. And uh, so we had to do something. We wanted to get to the next town because there's a football game on. We wanted to watch it in the, in the bar. Priorities. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 so there was an agent who <laughs> remained nameless. And so, yeah. And it says, how about we just uh, beat you guys right off? Ron goes, that's a great idea. <laughs> so, so I said, well, if they're going to beat us right off, why would they even do the match? As soon as I crawl to the ropes, how about Gangrel hits me with a DDT and I just get beat? They go, yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so we're in a three-way match. It's like the brew, the freaking Hardys, and all these guys. We walk down to the ring. Ron has still got his watch on. He doesn't have his knee pads on. He's got his necklace on. His boots are not tied. Ron never got off the floor. I get on the apron. I take a DDT. I roll back out. We're in the car watching the game before, before the match even ended. Uh, the that's playoff a, game. <laughs> that's right. It was a playoff game. Uh, that's incredible. <laughs> if, if you guys had to, to pinpoint something after all these years as friends, partners, coworkers, what have you learned from one another that stands out? What, John, I'll start with you. What's something you learned from Ron? 
that you've carried with you to this day or that you you credit him with success from? You know, certain guys. I I, I got to see uh, the other day. I was, we were at an event, and Mike Singletary walked in. I never met uh, Mr. Singletary before. You know, he's an, he's an older guy now. He's not near as big, you mm -hmm. know, as he was in his playing days. But when he walked in, you, you, you knew somebody special had just walked in the room. Whether you knew a thing about football or not, whether you knew a thing about anything or not, you knew somebody special had just walked in that room. Sure. I mean, he just lit up the room. Ron's like that. It's just a presence. It's a presence in the ring. It's a presence uh, in the locker room. It's a presence in the airport. Wherever it is, it's a presence. Ron just carries himself like the legend that he is, which, you know, is impossible to copy. Right, right. Uh, but it, it, it's it's just something that says the, the greatness of Ron, the way he carries himself, and he carries himself that way 24-7. You know, I think from... For me, right? It, it wasn't so much of what, le what learning from him, it's what he gave me, okay, that I treasure the most. You know, I never had the, you know, the good fortune of, you know, being around my brothers and sisters, being raised up with them mm -hmm. because of tragedy that happened in my family. You know, my mother passing, father doing his own thing, you know, grandmother passing, then split up almost being put in a, an orphanage. Always wondered what that would have been like. You know what I mean? To be with my brothers, having been raised up with them, to play with them, to talk with them about everything. That's what he gave me, okay? Those years that we were together felt just like that. So that's irreplaceable stuff, man, okay? That's what I treasure the most. You can't ask for anything else. We had such a good time, man. I mean, we just had a good time everywhere. You know, we... we drank our beers and we had our, our car rides with Godfather and Teddy Long, but we just had a good time. We didn't have internet. We didn't have stuff to watch, you know, the million freaking cable television shows right. or anything. We just had a good time. Yeah. We talked about everything. We, we had fun. We'd, we'd go to the bars and watch games, and we, we, we just had a good time. Yeah. Hearing you credit Ron with carrying yourself like a star, is that something that you carried over consciously to the JBL character, which was completely different from what you guys were doing together as APA? Yeah. But you, you were this, you, you maintained that larger-than-life persona. You you lived for the the booze i think you carry yourself like that i think you're born with that and, okay. I, and i don't think it's i think i don't think you can achieve that you know, ron was god just gave him that you know but uh, ron what ron would do in the ring i remember ron was to get a guy in the corner and give him a punch and he'd step back and the crowd would just go ooh, and they'd look at it like this just got serious mm -hmm. you know and you could feel the the tension in the crowd but the way ron would just stand with one hand on his hip and look at the guys he's selling in, in the corner that I tried to copy, you know. I tried to copy that presence in the ring because it's not, not about it's not about movement. It's about emotion, right? And, and there's a big difference. And it's not about what you can do; it's how you do it. And that's the main thing I would try to copy from Ron for the JBL character was how I did it uh, and the motion that was carried. And you know what? And he hit it right on. And that's a good question because that's the nature of what we do. Okay, if you're in the ring, even with myself, when I'm coming up right, I had the good fortune of sitting there watching people like Dusty Rose and having been in the match with them, right? Mm -hmm. And you, brother, if you don't sit there and study them and take something from them, you're losing the opportunity, you know? Certainly. And that's what you should do, right? When you're looking at someone that has been there and done something and you can take something away from it, hey, Grab some of it, bro, you know, because, see, you're going to move on to something, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. See, and, and the guy that's be, be, before you understands this and knows this. Hey, time for him is coming to an end, so help the other guy, 
okay? Move on to be the best he can, you know? And that's the nature of this business, what we do. Is the art of that emotion lost a little bit in the newer, quote-unquote, crop of up-and-coming superstars? You know, being able to draw from the audience an emotional connection rather than just doing 150 moves, for lack of a better phrase? I don't think it's lost. I think it's just hard. I mean, I don't think everybody in our era had it. You know, everybody thinks their era is better than the next right. era, mm -hmm. you know, and we're not going to be the old guys who say, ah, oh, we are better than these kids. These kids are great. <laughs> but it was hard then. It's hard now. You know, Harley Race standing there or Jack Briscoe standing there or Ron Simmons standing there or Hogan standing there or The Rock or Stone Cold or any of these guys just standing there and creating emotion off doing nothing except standing there. That's hard. And very few guys in any generation can do that. And they try to make up for it by movement. And that's not the way to make up for it. But it's really tough when you don't have it to begin with. You know, when somebody really doesn't know you. I, I, I was called the pre-shows for several years. Remember the Usos came out. And nobody knew them. They took them out there in 25-minute matches. That's, that's a no-win situation. Those kids would get the crowd every single night. Every single night. That's damn near impossible to do. Sure. And you stick another tag team out there, and they wouldn't do it. And it's not because the generation has lost it. It's just because that special gift is special. That's right. Mm -hmm. and, and, just like, and just like John said, hey, you know, it, it, it's, it's a study of understanding this, right? If you don't really immerse yourself into this and understand what you're doing and just think just going out there, going through the motion, flipping around, look, you're, gonna, you're not going to get this done. This is not the reaction you're going to get. Right. And like he's like John has stated, look, it's an emotional thing and you have to be able to tap into that and connect with these people on that level, you know, as well as being able to get out there and show athletic skill. But the best part about it is that you've got to tap into the emotions. Kind of piggybacking off that question, and, and John, you said you guys don't want to come across as the old timers who think your generation is better, and we run into that through through the business. The business changes, the business evolves, it adapts. It's a different business now than even 20 years ago than when True. you guys were doing what you Absolutely. do. If you had to impart some advice on today's generation of superstars that you think is maybe lacking or that they could really benefit from, something to study, something to focus on, what would that be? Well, you know what, for, for me, here's the thing, man, okay? When you are going to immerse yourself into a character, all right, you've got to you've got to be that guy, right? Okay, understand that. You know, you have got to be that guy. You understand? You know, I understand in this this age now, you know, the internet and everybody wants a million likes and all of that stuff. Hey, bro, if you're gonna be a bad guy, be a bad guy. Okay, don't ask anyone what color should I wear, you know, <laughs> uh, in the ring tonight. Hell, be a bad guy. Okay, uh, you know, and I'm looking on there, and I've seen a couple of them, Mac, you know, that's supposed to be a heel. Um, what do you think the blue looks good on me? I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is that? It's Are you kidding me? You know, it's unreal. <laughs> I have people tell that they like people who say you're a good heel. If somebody says yeah. you're a good heel, you're not you're a good not a heel. heel. <laughs> because, yeah. because a good heel no, is not somebody you, <laughs> you recognize as a heel. Yeah. A good heel is somebody you go, I hate that guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, would you pay okay. to see somebody beat him? Well, yeah, I hate that guy. Yeah. You never look at that guy and go, oh, man, he's a good heel. Yeah. You, if somebody has found a way to strike a chord with you that you dislike him. And you're going to tell everybody, all your friends, especially you know, you're one of the hardcore fans and you're, you're into all this stuff, mm -hmm. you're going to tell everybody you know, I hate this guy. 
He's not a good worker. He's not a good wrestler. He's not a good promo guy. He's, yeah, I hate him. Yeah. I hate him. That's a good heel. Yeah. You collect your flowers on the back end. Yeah. If, yeah. if you if you are, I've never had him. By the way, no one's come up to me and say, "Shocking." No, okay, never. All right. If you're out in the streets and you are persona is a bad guy, if those people are not standing back, like, no, you go. I'm not gonna do it. If they're not doing that, bro, you're not doing your job. Okay, if they run up to you and say you, you know, <laughs> that's right. Hey, man, you're a you're a top heel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen guys do some type of dastardly heel tactic or whatever else, and then they put on their uh, social media their their kids in a Bible scripture. Yeah, yeah man, like, like dude, there's nothing Gee. wrong with your kids in a Bible scripture. That's wonderful, but not if you're going to be a heel. Yeah. You got to stay in character. This social media yeah. kills a lot of these guys uh, because off. they just expose the off. fact that what they're doing is a work. Yes, yeah, sure. John, talk to me a little bit. I know we've we've talked off the show before about when you were the JBL character, about how resistant you were to even something as simple and commonplace as, as merchandise to that point, because you were living the heel. And tell me, yeah, tell the us first that. time I saw a JBL shirt, I, I literally called Vince. I said, "What are you doing putting out a JBL shirt?" He goes, "I had no idea it was put out." And I said, well, I don't want some fan in front. Vince goes, I know, take it off. And so I never let anybody put out a JBL shirt ever. It was out for a short time, and I got it taken off because I don't want some kid in the front row wearing a JBL shirt and somebody thinking, oh, he must not be a ter terrible bad guy because he's got one fan right there. You know, I used to see a section where people wear the hat and the suit after a while and the mm -hmm. towel and stuff. I would get on the microphone. I would just lambast these guys. <laughs> Make them targets. these guys. <laughs> I'll tell you a little fun. Kurt Henning comes out one time, and uh, there's a couple fans that were going, uh, Hillbilly Jim, you suck. Kurt Henning, you're the best. Kurt had his gum. He spit it out, and he hit it, and he hit one of those fans with the gum, and the gum goes, Kurt, you're <laughs> and Kurt turned to uh, Hillbilly and goes, perfect. <laughs> but that's how you handle yeah. it. You know, if you have a heel section, you go after them. Now, there are different kinds of heels. There's attraction heels. You know, DX was attraction heels. And they, they sell out arenas. Roman Reigns is more of an attraction heel. In my opinion, he's main evented five different WrestleManias. That's incredible. Yes, sure is. is. So there's different types of heels. Right. Mm -hmm. But that pure heel, I think that's, that's a lost art. But now back to... Now, here's the thing. Now, living in a different age as we are, hey, there's something that you can use to your advantage, okay? Mm -hmm. Instead of jumping on that saying, what color should I wear? You know, right. Hey, use it to your advantage if you're going to be this guy. Be a heel or on social stay media. Off yeah. it. Right, right. All together, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, you know, but to your, yeah, to, but that, that's a really good question, though, right? And, and the other thing that, now this is me from the old school, right? When you're sitting in a wrestling match, I'm brought up to think that the fans should go through all the ranges of emotion when they're sitting there. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Not, you know, it shouldn't be one thing. The whole entire audience is hollering. You should have people booing, cheering, bringing guys back up from, you know, his despair. You know, that's what I was taught. Take you them know? on a ride. Good mm -hmm. guy, bad guy. What the world consists of. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Right. Not just one circus ole thing. You understand me? Right, right, right. You know, and so that that's that's me, you know? Well, now everybody wants a blue ribbon. You know, we've talked about that on, on the show. Everyone yeah. has to have a blue ribbon and a participation trophy and, and things like that. And I love to hear, you know, John talk about he didn't want uh, a T-shirt merchandise. I never have ever thought about it that way, that if you're a yeah. dead-set-ass heel and you want people to boo you, why the hell should there be a row of people wearing your shirt? Because that's the most unheel 
thing yeah. you could do is to have people wearing your swag. See, Vic, we learn each and every yeah. week. That's why we get I these always, guests. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's one thing we'll agree on this yeah, week, you know, apparently. Yeah, you're going to be a bad guy. Be the bad guy, you know? I heard Ron one time, excuse my language, we were in a, in a dressing room one time. He's explaining to a young heel about how to be a heel, and he said, you're, you're an Yeah. He said, you're a person that doesn't do anything that anybody likes. Zero you're, redeeming you're, qualities. No, you have zero no. redeeming qualities. You're the, you're the guy that everybody hates. And if you're doing something that people like, quit doing it. It's that simple. Yeah, fair enough. I remember we were in Europe one time at Finley. Uh, this big young guy came over, and he'd done a Frankensteiner. He'd done this drop kick. And when he came back, Finley says, hey, man, that was really impressive. He goes, yeah, the crowd really popped. He goes, yeah, you're a heel. Don't ever do it again. <laughs> and the guy, he's like throwing frisbees to a guy on a chair. He was over yeah. his head. He didn't catch yeah. it, and, still, and he didn't make it. Right. But that, that's that simple. Yeah. And he said the crowd really popped. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. If the crowd's popping for you, don't ever do it again. <laughs> Tease it, and then don't do it. Yeah. See, I think what they don't understand the pop in booze, <laughs> you know, yeah. is yeah. what you should be looking for, right? Yeah. yeah. Not the yays. <laughs> the other end of the spectrum. We've talked about, you know, trips in the car. I got to ask, this might not even make the show. How the hell did Michael Cole end up in the car? Cole was in our car off and on. I mean, it, Cole was very welcome. Uh, he always was. We always, we, never, we always liked Michael. Michael was always fun. You know, the, the stuff with Michael was all on camera. You know, people, people mess with him. People always liked Michael. I, I like Michael. I always hear his stories, and I, I you think were you were prodding for them to say I something was not negative prodding. about you. I body. wanted a good Michael were, Cole you story. Were, I was reaching, man. <laughs> you I were, wanted a good Michael Cole you story. You were that Ron and John were going to bury Michael. Oh, no, Cole. they well, weren't going to bury well, him. They were going to give me a good this story. This is though. what we'll do for you, though, right? Set him up with Michael A's. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Maybe yeah. I should have went with the other Michael oh, yeah. instead of saying Michael oh, Cole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, guys, it's WrestleMania weekend. We appreciate you coming to hang out. Before I let you go. It's a massive two-night weekend. The most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. What are you guys most looking forward to about this weekend? Oh, man, I think just the whole spectrum of everything. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just soak it all in. You know, right. I, I, like I said, it's a magical time, man. You know, right. This is a Super Bowl festivities like, you know, with the WrestleMania, right? So, hey, just take in everything. Yeah, yeah, to me, yes, I agree with all that. It's, it's so cool to come back and, and see WrestleMania yeah. and what it's become. And you got, you got Stone Cold back here in Texas. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. I hope they I reinforce the roof on AT&T Stadium, uh, man, because it's about to come off. I can't wait oh. to, to see Steve come out again, man. We, you know, during Attitude Era, every name we uh, – Every building we put his name on, he he sold it out, man. That and guy worked was, his ass off. Oh, and worked his ass off every single okay. night. That guy deserves everything he's yes. ever gotten. I can't wait to see him come out and have right. all of Texas solid guy. All of Texas go crazy for yeah. him. And and the Brock and Roman. I mean, that's that's going to be that's, that's going to be epic. No you doubt. You got one of the most dominant guys of all time against the guy who's main event in five WrestleManias already. I mean, that's that you can't get a bigger matchup than that. No. You talk about WrestleMania Saturday. The thing that you guys talk about was the the glass breaking. I can't wait to hear the. It, I can't believe it's been so many years because I keep. Was it nineteen? You keep saying nineteen years. Nineteen years since Austin's competed in an official match. And that, was at WrestleMania nineteen. And it's just wild to see the time, and then to hear John and Ron, the Hall of Famer, still talk about how impactful Steve was, and then you see kids walking around with Austin three sixteen oh, yeah. shirts on. It's yeah. just it's awesome to see. I'm very excited for that. Oh moment. yeah, man. Stone Cold would used to watch every single match. 
You know, a lot of guys did, but Steve would sit there in a chair by Gorilla, by Jack Lanza. He'd just watch every single match. You know, a lot of guys would do that, you know, to make sure they didn't do something that was right. in a match that was before them. But Steve would watch every single match. Another lost art. We're talking lost arts. I'm going to mine everything yeah. I can get out of you guys. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit. I, I know what you're referencing to, but it traditionally, all of the talent on the show, whether it be a live event or mm. particularly television, would study the match in front of them as to not repeat it. Talk about oh, brother, the importance of that. was a requirement. Yeah. Okay, right. When coming along, hey, sit there, right? Watch this match. Don't you go out there and duplicate what someone has already done. You know, hey, if, if you're having a main event, that's it's called a main event for a reason, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Hey, let it be the main event. Don't go out there trying to do the things, you know, that's not going to, that's not, you know, that you shouldn't be. Right, Stay, right. Don't go out of the ring. Don't do these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So, it, it behooves everyone to sit there, man, study the matches, even if you're not on a pay-per-view mm-hmm. or, or anything of this nature. You can learn so much by just doing the simple things like that. Yeah, and, and trying things. You know, we were yeah. in uh, Canada when uh, Scotty Tuhati did the worm the first time, and Ron thought he was screwing up the match, and Ron put the boots <laughs> to him. <laughs> Damn near killed the worm. <laughs> <laughs> on the spot. He, he beat the <laughs> So Scotty, Scotty comes back and goes, Ron, I'm trying to do this thing called the worm. Ron goes, why didn't you tell me? And all of a sudden, he's like this thing across the thing, and Ron just kicked the s*** out of him. Yeah, look at my... What the hell is you doing, man? <laughs> so, so the next night, Ron called it for him. He said, do the worm. And we wanted to see it. We didn't know what it was. And he does it. We, we thought it'd be just a stupid thing. The crowd went crazy. Oh, you know, you, you try stuff like that in house yeah. shows. You, you never know what's going to work. Exactly. That people's elbow. That's the worst move in the history of the business. Yeah. It's also one of the oh, most over. They, lo- they loved it. And they loved it. Absolutely. You know, because, well, after that, though, we just make him, hey, just keep doing the worm. Keep man. doing the worm. Keep doing the worm. <laughs> You arm drag me, then do the worm. <laughs> Let the people see the worm yeah, yeah, so you can worm. get home in time for the football yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, we don't have to jump off no top rope. Do the worm. <laughs> Having been around Scotty, I've never heard him tell that story, but I could just see after you taught earlier, Ron would punch somebody, take a step back, yeah. put a hand on a hip. Scotty's probably looking up like, do the worm. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> Oh, man. Make sure you follow us at After the Bell, WWE, on social media. Uh, you're not going to want to miss next week. We've got another very special Hall of Fame caliber guest right here. Make sure you subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE After the Bell. After the Bell.